Jesus' name we ask and pray. Let the church say, Amen and Amen. Hello, you can be seated. I want everybody to look at your neighbor and, and make this statement. Tell them this. Just look what you're missing. Just look what you're missing. On this Pentecost Sunday, on the birthday of the church, I want to speak on what I call the forgotten part of the new birth. Forgotten and overlooked by so many in the modern church world. From You see, from the time of Constantine, it slowly began to fade away. But we've got historical records, historical irrefutable records, not just the Word of God, but you can find it written in history, that the infilling of the Holy Ghost was a very vital part of the new birth experience in the early church. But from the time of Constantine, it began to slowly fade away from the church practice until the latter reign began to fall in 1901, uh, which gave birth to the Pentecostal movement, which has since swept the globe. Now, there are many people today who reject completely the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They say it's fanatical or just an emotional hype. There are still others who believe but think it's only for some chosen people in the church, but not for everybody. But from the beginning of the church, both Scripture and history, as I've already said, prove that it was a vital part of the new birth experience. I'm here to tell you today, church, that the apostles preached and believed it was to be received as a part of the new birth experience. The Scripture said, Have you received the Holy Ghost? Paul asked these twelve disciples of John the Baptist that he ran across. Now, I'm going to have him bring up that Scripture that he brought up a few minutes ago. At first, Acts chapter 9, verse 2, I want you to look at that and see what the New King James Version said. Then said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Hallelujah. I mean, it was an accepted fact by Apostle Paul and all of the church that receiving the Holy Ghost was a part of the new birth experience. Amen. There was no arguments about it. There was no fussing and fighting and feuding. It was, I'm going to tell you something. Well, you need to study history and particularly Constantine in particular because this man was guilty of changing a whole lot of stuff within the church. In fact, this is what began all those years of darkness and the dark ages of the church. The churches become stagnated and dead and lifeless, filled with sin. I'm so glad that there was a handful of people on a watch night service in 1901, and we even got the lady's name. I, uh, I've got it written down. I forget it now. Um, but she, in the midst of the praying and seeking God, 
sat down in a chair and says, I, I feel like everybody should pray for me. Amen. That I received the Holy Ghost in biblical order just like the day of Pentecost. And it was on that day and that night she became the first one in modern history. Amen. To be filled with the Holy Ghost again. It started a flame and a fire that has since sprung around the world. Pentecostal churches are the fastest growing churches around the world today. The biggest church in the world, amen, is the Pentecostal church. Amen. They've got hundreds of thousands. It, may, it makes that guy that everybody looks at here in, uh, in Dallas, Texas, the, uh, uh, the, the feel-good preacher's church. Everybody looks at him on TV and says, hey, that's just a handful compared to what uh, the, this uh, Pentecostal church is in, uh, in South Korea. People are hungry for something more today. This dead, lifeless religion is not getting nobody anywhere. We need the power of the Holy Ghost in our churches and in our daily lives. Can I get an amen on that? Hallelujah! So in this message on Pentecost Sunday 2013... I want to speak to everyone here today who has not yet received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Or anybody listening by way of internet, amen, who hasn't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, to tell you, you look around and see what we were doing here a while ago. Just look what you're missing. Hallelujah. That's nothing greater than this, folks. I wouldn't take a million dollars for it. Nothing greater. Amen. I want to talk a little bit about it. I'm not going to hold you long, but I'm going to first talk about the energizing factor of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The energizing factor, amen, of the Holy Ghost. We find this in Acts chapter 1 and 8. Now that's on the screen if you'll bring it up, please. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth. The energizing power of the Holy Ghost. Folks, there's something about this baptism of the Holy Ghost that will energize you. Now, I went for a few years and even ministered, began to preach. Before I got, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it was in Murfreesboro, Tennessee on a Monday, on a Sunday night. First time when I went over Brother Hale's church many, many years ago in 1970, I hadn't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost as of yet. I thought I felt an excitement before. I thought I knew what worship was before. But man, that night when I got in that prayer line, I, would, I was in a prayer line going up for prayer. And that man laid hands on me, and I, man, I went out, and next thing I know, I was, I was on the flat of my back, the Holy Ghost coming through me. Sister Darlene, uh, that's, before, that's before we got married, and she was standing there, and um, she said, uh, she said, I was talking in tongue like a Chinese laundry fella. Hallelujah. It changed 
some, something in my life. It changed something in my ministry. Now, this is old news to, to, to many of you because if you've heard me preach and teach, this is something that I, I have brought uh, home and, 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 and taught for many years. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The Greek word right here for power, dunamis. Amen. And it's where, as many of, most of you know, it's where we get the word dynamite. That's where the English word dynamite, that's why I'm talking about the energizing factor of the Holy Ghost. Now, let me give you... Uh, according to Vine's New Testament words, some other words that are synonyms to this uh, uh, word dunamis in the Greek. Ability, to be able, might, mighty, mightily, mightier, miracle, power, and strength. I don't know what it means to you, but it means to me that I don't have no ability outside the Holy Ghost. I don't know what it means to you, but to me it means I don't have no power outside the Holy Ghost. I don't have no might, no ability, no, 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 no authority. I don't have no strength. As a man, I'm like any other man, and I'm just as hopeless as anybody else. I need the interjecting power of the Holy Ghost in my life because without it I'm nothing. I'm going to tell you, I don't, I have, a, I have an issue with myself. I don't have no confidence in myself, in my ability. There's a lot of times I let myself down. I know I let God down. But you know what? Ever since I received the anointing of God in my life, I have let myself down, but that anointing has never failed me. Never failed me. I thank, I'm thankful for how I've grown through it. I used to be like a lot of folks. I used to, before I'd go somewhere back in the day, man, I would, I would go somewhere uh, uh, free, and man, I... I I thought, man, I would have to get myself all worked up and built up to have the anointing to come. You know, I thought it was some kind of magical potion or something. You know, we just had, we just had to uh, uh, get ourselves built up, you know, and get to going in the Spirit, you know. I'd be sitting a lot of times up on the platform behind the pastor of church where I was there preaching, and I'd be sitting right there, man, I'd just shaking my leg right there going down them. I'm just trying to, and I'm sitting there waiting, you know, while they're going through the first part of the service. To, uh, I was just like a horse in the gate, ready for here to bell, man, and just let me go. You know, finally the Lord one day just kind of gave me a backhanded slap. I was praying, God, anoint me, anoint me, anoint me. He gave me a backhand slap one day. He said, he said, I anointed you one time, dummy. I don't take the anointing away. The anointing that's in your life, God told me, does not leave 
when you leave the church house. And if you've got the anointing of God in your life, it does not leave when you leave here. If Brother Darrell needs it up on the, on the car lot, he's going to have it there in the car lot. He don't just have it right here. If you've ever, the Bible says he would abide with you. Hallelujah. There's an old song we used to sing. And uh, brother, uh, uh, when I went to uh, uh, another church out in East Nashville, a pastor's name was Homer George. He used to sing this song. He abides, he abides. Hallelujah, he abides with me. I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk this narrow way for the comforter abides. You know what the word abides means? It means to stay. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for the knowledge that God gave me to do a bunch of whatever, amen, to, to call down the anointing because you either have the anointing in your life or you don't have. It's not an on and off. It's not, it's not something like a faucet where you cut on a water faucet on and on. You either got the anointing in your life or you don't have it. And if you feel like you don't have it, you don't need to leave the altars today till you do have it. Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's going to stay with you. Hallelujah. It's an energizing power. Dunamis. Without the energizing power of the Holy Ghost functioning daily in your life, you're, you're just like a handicapped child born into this world with no muscles in his body. If you didn't have muscles in your body, what are some of the things you do right now you couldn't do? Would you be able to walk across the floor without muscles in your legs? Would you be able to lift your hands or, or do anything in your body if you didn't have muscles? Hallelujah. The muscles is that energizing force that when your brain tells your right hand, amen, to open up or, or whatever, the muscle is what gives you the ability to do it. That's why people who get these uh, uh, degenerating diseases, muscular dystrophy and things, amen, finally, amen, wind up uh, being quadriplegic. Amen. They, you, you've got to have muscles. So just look at the baptism of Holy, guy, Holy Ghost as your muscle guy. It's the muscles of your spiritual life. So that's the interjecting factor. Let's go on next to the companion factor. And I've actually already got, got on this, but um, this is found in John 14 and 8. Jesus told his disciples, now this was the night before the crucifixion. This was the night that they had the Lord's Supper and they had all of that stuff. And, uh, uh, and, and, and Jesus told them, you know, I'm going away. Where I go, you cannot come. And, uh, and they were sad. They were heavy. Jesus says, listen, I do got to go away. But I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Hallelujah. The companion factor. Not only is the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God in your life an interjecting factor, energizing factor in your life, it's a companion factor. 
Jesus told his disciples, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Now, the Greek word for comfortless in this text is orphanos. It's where we get the word orphan. It's where we get the word orphan in the English language. And if you read, if you got a new King James Version, this is what it's going to say. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Wow. Wow. I will not leave you orphans. Let me give you one more translation in the, the Bible in basic English. I will, I will not let you be without a friend. I'm coming to you. You see, take a look at that. Now, I don't, maybe that don't do nothing for you, but man, it does the world for me. It lets me know that I am never alone. I'm never without a friend. I'm not an orphan. I've got a daddy. Even though my earthly father has been gone for a long time, I still got a father. I'm here to tell you that Jesus will be a father to you. He'll be a mother to you. He'll be everything that you need. You need a friend. Sometimes you ever anybody that you didn't have a friend in the world, you didn't have nobody that understands. Look at what Jesus told him. I will not let you be without a friend. I'm coming to you. When and how did he come to him? On the 50th day from the Passover, which is Pentecost. Hallelujah. When they was in the upper room, they'd been there for 10 days praying for the promise. Hey, guess what? They didn't know what the promise was. And I... (laughs) Lord of God, am I going to get some uh, uh, traditional Pentecostals upset here? My, my, my. But I can't help it. I get everybody else upset. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They just went to the upper room. They started praying and waiting for the promise, he said. They didn't know nothing about it. They didn't know how it was going to come. They didn't know what they was going to do. So what I'm telling you, when they was in the upper room praying for the Holy Ghost, they wouldn't gather around looking at one another and say, Say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. What than that? Hallelujah. There wasn't nobody up there trying to teach nobody how to speak in tongues. They didn't know what speaking in tongues was. They were just waiting for the promise of the Father. They didn't know what that promise was really all going to tell but they was obedient in waiting. He said, you stay in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. There's a whole lot of people build up a whole lot of stuff in the tongue, tongue talking. <laughs> and they use it outside the church as well as in church because when they leave church, they pick up the telephones, they start gossiping. Huh? Their tongue wags at the altar, and the wags so long. Hallelujah! I don't know how they keep them tripping over the tongue walking down the street. Hello, somebody. Glory to God. Hey, there's other signs 
Besides speaking in tongues, that you've got the Spirit of God in your life. One of those signs is love. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. Woo! My, my, my! Say what? Yeah. Man, we want to we wanna pick these other things out. We want to talk about but uh, But the Word of God says, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Hallelujah. And when you get that fruit of the Spirit, love is going to precede love, joy, peace, long-suffering. What's that long-suffering? What do you mean long-suffering? That, that means you've got to be willing to put up with so you got to have some patience. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus says, I will, not leave, I will not let you be without a friend. I'm coming to you. That is the companion factor. Hallelujah. Of the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen. Simply stated, and I'm going to move on to the last point of my message. Without... The Holy Ghost in your life, without the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life, you are walking alone in this world. Jesus Christ can only live in your heart by means of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I mean, you go, you go get a cardiologist and he can, he can bust that chest open and pry open that chest bone and pull that heart out and they can work on a heart um, and... Uh, uh, and do all kind of things with it and keep you alive, which which is is a miracle. But you know what? Ain't never been a never been a surgeon ever when they open up anybody's heart, been able to literally see Jesus in that heart because He's not literally there. He's not literally in your heart. He's inside you by means of the Holy Spirit of God. Without the Holy Ghost, Jesus cannot live in your heart. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen to that. Now, one more point, amen, before I bring it to a close. I want to talk about the advisor, advisor factor. Man, I use this a lot. I use this a lot. John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus continued talking about the coming of the comfort. He said, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will, let, he will tell you things to come. The advisor factor he will guide you. He will, he will advise you. Do you know there are people today who will hire uh, folks to be their financial advisors? They have advisors for everything. Amen. I mean, they, people get advisors for this and advisors for that. Amen. That's a, that's, that's, that's a big thing today. And we all come to points and places in our life that we need, we need some understanding. Hallelujah. Amen. Will do. If you will give him the opportunity. Now, 
There's some guys going around this country making big money off of folks, having these seminars, telling how to have to be, have everything all right financially, and not not get messed up financially and have everything just all right. I can I can I can tell you what to do about that myself. Amen. Before you sign that dotted line to purchase that automobile that you just fell fell in love with, you need to take some time to talk to your advisor. I'm not talk I'm not I'm not talking about somebody down here. I'm talking about the Spirit of God. Lord, should I purchase this vehicle? God, you know the future, and I don't. You don't know what I'm going to run in. Lord, I'm, I, Brother Rick, I've done it both ways. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you which way is best. When you ask God. As Christian people, Brother Art, we should never make a move doing anything without going to our advisor. If it's buying a car, if it's buying a house, hallelujah. Buying a dishwasher, hey, do it the old-fashioned way. Huh? Amen. We start buying all these electrical stuff and hand hand stuff, and then we get so tight that we, we, we can't support the work of God. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, God, God, God wants to bless us, and I believe He wants His people blessed. But I tell you what this church needs to do. The church in America, we need, we need to take a look at what the church around the world has to live like. Hallelujah. We need, I think it would be good for the whole church to go on a missions trip, maybe to the Philippines. Hallelujah. Do you know, man, I think about how blessed I am. There was a, uh, a missionary from another country, third world country. When I met him for the first time, he was over here, and everybody was wanting to help him, and different ones taking him, want to take him out to eat for lunch or dinner, have a something to eat after church at night, where ninety percent of the people do over here. And the whole time he was over here, refused. Back home, he knew everybody in his church, including people in his family, was only getting one meal a day. How many times do you eat during the day? How many times you you can look you can look at me and tell that I never raised a refrigerator? Sister Darlene made it in back. She'll tell you. Says, "Uh oh, uh." Uh-uh. It was just just yesterday she was trying to she hadn't eaten anything all day and when I got back she had been feeling good all weekend and she just made it in here and she had a bad headache on the way 
of the church this morning, and, but um, uh, she um, uh, was fixing her something uh, to eat after I after I got in and everything, and I was I was sitting in, in the den, and uh, uh, I heard her. She says, "Where's the milk?" I don't got a clue. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. I said, well, you know, I don't, I don't, that, that stuff's high. I didn't, want, I didn't want to see it ruined. I want to get it all gone. You know. <laughs> Come on. What I'm trying to say today and, and bring across, we have, every one of us, we got an advisor through the Holy Spirit. And our lives will be so much better and so much easier if we go to Him for advice. Hallelujah. Before we do anything, amen. <laughs> it had been a whole lot better for us as a church if we had sought for a little more advice before we went out and spent so much money trying to do this, that, and the other thing before we winded up here. Look what God gave us. Hallelujah. Sometimes we don't have the patience to wait on God. Amen. We want everything like this right now. Hallelujah. Amen. We are impatient people. Hallelujah. Some of you can't even, can't even allow somebody to help you if, if, on a work situation. Amen. You want to take the twos away... From them, do it yourself because they ain't doing it to suit you as fast as you'd be doing it. It's a lack of impatience. Come on. Hallelujah. See, God knows how to teach us patience if we will go to Him for advice. So that's what I call the advice factor. Hallelujah. Now, in winding up the message, just look what you're missing. Apostle Paul met these disciples. They were traveling just like he was. But what they was doing was just passing off just as much as they had received. And Paul said, have you received the Holy Ghost or did you get the Holy Ghost when you believed? Well, we ain't even heard that there is any. You know what? They wasn't even very good disciples of John the Baptist. Why, what makes me say that, you wonder? Because what did John the Baptist say? He said, I only baptize you but with water, but there comes one mightier than I, whose shoes aren't latches I'm not worthy the least. He shall baptize you with what? I guess these 12 guys here was down at the Taco Bell when he was preaching that message. I know I preach a lot of messages sometimes, and later on, you know, look, you know, I wonder, I guess they're all down the Taco Bell. Hallelujah. They miss that one. Hallelujah. They weren't very good disciples of John the Baptist because John the Baptist preached this. He preached it. Then he baptized them in water in, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Then he laid hands on them, and they received 
this power, this dunamis, the companion, the energizing force, the advisor. Church, we need it today more so than ever before. More so than ever before do we need the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives. I'm going to ask Brother Darrell M. come up and do another course right now. I'm going to close this thing out. We had a lot of prayer a while ago. I don't know, maybe you got what you needed. If you didn't, we'll give you one final opportunity before we close out. We're not going to be having service tonight. Hallelujah. But always understand, understand the need of the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Listen, let me say this. Apostle Paul was a busy man. Do you think the Apostle Paul would have wasted time on doing something that wasn't necessary? If being baptized just any kind of way, if, if not having the name of Jesus invoked over you is not important, why would he take the time to rebaptize those 12 guys before he did anything else? Hallelujah. I tell you why, it's the same reason that my father, after preaching 40 years in the ministry, was rebaptized himself. A lot of people in my family don't even know that, but I was standing there in that church house today, that, that the other minister, and I watched my dad and my mom both be rebaptized after over 40 years serving God, baptized in Jesus' name. 